0: Y'all, I you know I've been in seminary and I got up this morning and I went to Chick-fil-A. There was nobody there and I thought, "Oh my gosh, the rapture is real and I've been left behind." Where is Kirk Cameron when you need him? Uh you no, know, I think everybody was just hung over from the the football game last night. There was there was nobody there. There was nobody on the road. Every everybody is still asleep or hung over. I'm not. I'm here with you. <laughs> I was on my porch till 2 o'clock this morning smoking celebratory cigars. The University of Georgia, college football champions. Uh, My employees, two of them at least, had to be fired last night because they were rooting for injuries or Alabama. But it was an amazing game. I I, I realize those of you outside of Georgia and Alabama, y'all could not care less. The rest of us? It's a big thing. I don't understand why people in Georgia want to want to get rid of Brian Kemp. Uh, under Brian Kemp's leadership, the Georgians now have the World Series championship and they've got the college football championship. Uh, I, I don't actually have Georgia uh, apparel in my house. My wife and her family, they're Georgia Tech people. And and so I I compromise with LSU. So I'm wearing my uh, Braves World Series champions uh. Uh, pull over because it's cold out there today. Congratulations, University of Georgia. Congratulations to those of you who are longtime uh, Georgia fans who have had victory uh, snatched from you uh, repeatedly over the years, and now suddenly you've won. And uh, as as my employee who got fired, the Tennessee fan rooting for injuries last night instead of the end of the game, this next year it's going to be insufferable. <laughs> Oh my gosh. It, it it look, it was a good game, and I thought it was just gonna be um be football field goal after field goal after field goal with no touchdowns, and, and it turned into a game. And I was I was actually generally impressed with the game, but we've got more to talk about than the game. We won't I, I'm gonna get back to football later with with a, a, a general cultural narrative here later in the show. But we we have big news here the president and vice president are headed to Georgia today. As a matter of fact, they're going to tie up traffic in Georgia. They're going to make the case for the uh, voting rights act and they are going to do their best to rally the troops in Georgia. There is just a problem. I, I feel like I should have begun my show today With, uh, this, but yeah, probably, probably, yeah, it'd be too provocative. Although I did write the piece this morning with the title the devil went down to Georgia. Uh, the devils are the details of what they're doing in Georgia. Y'all this is, I, let me, let me just start here. There's so much to say about this and my brain is running in all sorts of places over this because there's so much, but let me put it this way. And I I don't care who you are, and I know if you're a Democrat, you're going to hear this as a partisan point, but I, I am a student of politics. I've run political campaigns. I've done polling. I've done mail operations. I've done grassroots operations. I've done campaign management. I've done campaign strategy. I've been a manager. I've been an operative. I've been a volunteer. I've been a campaign strategist for federal campaigns. I don't understand how incompetent and stupid you have to be to do what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are doing today with this stunt. It is a stunt that is already blowing up in their face for their own lost cause, and it is a lost cause. They've already lost the fight before they've begun it. You don't have to believe me on this. Consider a few data points. Progressive voting rights groups are boycotting the event. Black Votes Matters and others, they are boycotting the event. They will not be there. The president and vice president, their president and vice president is going to Georgia, an increasingly swingy state, and they're boycotting the event. They will not be there. They say it's all political theater, and it's losing political theater that they need to be in Washington, D.C., The King family, yes, that King family, as in Martin Luther King Jr., the Reverend Doctor. The family says that uh, it's a difficult decision on whether or not to attend. That's not the headline you want if you're Joe Biden and Kamala Harris going to Georgia. The King family says it's a difficult decision to attend. And then there's the most popular Democrat in the nation right now among Democrats. One, Stacey Abrams. She has a haircut appointment and will not be able to attend this afternoon. Now, I don't actually know if it's haircut appointment. She's got an appointment and she can't get out of the appointment, whatever it is, to go to the event. That right there is your big red flag that there is a problem within the Democratic Party, not 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 within anything else. Within the Democratic Party, there is a problem When Stacey Abrams, who has already announced she's running for governor in Georgia. She's already announced it. They've cleared the field for her. When the Democratic nominee for governor in Georgia is refusing to be on stage with you, regardless of the excuse. Now, if you are an intellectually dishonest partisan on the left, you will say, well, I mean, she had a scheduling conflict. Of course, she couldn't be there. We should take her. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. When the president of the United States of America shows up and asks you to attend, you attend. You put your colonoscopy off. You, you put off your brain surgery, you put off your heart surgery, you put off whatever you put off. I don't care what the excuse is. You're getting married, you cancel the wedding. The President of the United States has requested your attendance and he's of your party and you're running for governor. You show up. Unless you don't want to be on stage with the President and Vice President. Now there is history here, you should know. Joe Biden wanted to run out of the gate with Stacey Abrams on a ticket. He wanted a Biden-Abrams ticket in the Democratic primary and Stacey Abrams threw him under the bus. So there is some bitterness there. There is some antagonism there. But here's the thing. This is Stacey Abrams' core issue. Voting rights put Stacey Abrams on the map. Voting rights is her issue. Organization of voters, it's her issue. This is her life's work. Stacey Abrams has spent more time on voting rights in the last decade than Kamala Harris and Joe Biden and Raphael Warnock combined. And she doesn't want to be on stage with them. The King family says it's a difficult decision to be there. Voting rights groups are boycotting it. This is a ridiculous stunt. How are they this incompetent? How are they this bad at politics? It's not only that they're going to Georgia to fight a fight they lost before they started fighting. The filibuster will not be changed. Joe Manchin and Kristen Cinema have been saying since last year, Joe Manchin has now this morning said, I'm happy to change the filibuster with a two-thirds vote of the Senate. That means that's the Senate rule. You can change the filibuster with a two-thirds vote of the Senate. And Joe Manchin is saying, I'm happy to change it with a two-thirds vote of the Senate. Meaning, he's not going to change it unless he can get Republicans to change it. And Kristen Cinema is more dogmatic about, about it than him. So they're going to Georgia on the day after. Georgia won the college football championship. So everyone's going to be hungover. More importantly, more importantly, everyone's going to just be coming back from Indianapolis. So half of them are going to have their planes circling while Air Force One lands. The other half are going to be stuck on the connector in downtown Atlanta trying to get home during the presidential motorcade and traffic is stopped. Y'all, if you've never been to a major city when a presidential motorcade rolls through, I've ridden in a cam- candidate's motorcade. Uh, Jack Kipp, uh, when uh, Bob Dole was running for president, I was in college. I got to be in the motorcade. They were the official nominees, and so the Secret Service had taken over. Let me tell you how these things work, and I've seen it when uh, Donald Trump has come through Atlanta, when Mike Pence has come through Atlanta, when Barack Obama, when George Bush, when they've come through Atlanta. Let me explain to you what happens in any major city. The traffic on every overpass over the interstate is stopped. The traffic that runs under an interstate is stopped. And all the traffic on the interstate is stopped. In both directions, police block traffic. You can't get on the interstate. You can't get under the interstate. You can't get above the interstate. And it stays that way until the president clears. And then about... 30 minutes before the president is wrapped up and ready to go, they start the roadblocks again. So your traffic is backed up. I know someone the last time Trump was in Atlanta was stuck on the road for four hours. You have all of these people going back to Georgia from Indianapolis. Many of them drove and are driving home and will be hitting Atlanta about rush hour when the president is going to be in in rush hour in Atlanta most of them already don't like him. It's just going to make them even madder to an event, no less, that he will be unsuccessful at. Listen, 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 listen. I understand if the president and vice president had a fighting chance at this being successful. You go to Georgia, a swing state. And you campaign with Raphael Warnock, who's up for re-election, whose big issue is voting rights. He was – and see, this is the other thing. This is the other thing here. So the King family says there it's a difficult decision to attend this event. Who is attending the event? Raphael Warnock. Who is he? The sitting senator. What was he before that? Their pastor at their father's church. yes. Raphael Warnock was the pastor at Ebenezer Baptist Church, which is Martin Luther King Jr.'s church, which is where his children attend, and it's a difficult decision for them to even show up to the event. That's how bad this is. Do you get me? Do you understand this? You don't do this in politics. I don't care who you are. I don't care what your politics are. I don't care what your beliefs are. I do not care that you are a progressive who wants the Voting Rights Act passed. This is dumb politics. This is stupid politics. It's stupid politics because you're not going to move the needle. You're not going to impact the voting in Georgia. What you're going to do, by the way, and if you wanted to even try to have an impact in Georgia, you'd do it in September, October, before a general election. You don't do it in January. And you can say, well, no one's going to remember it anyway. But, 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 but. People don't necessarily remember Afghanistan at this point. But it built into the presupposition of the Biden presidency that he doesn't care and he's not competent. He doesn't care and he's not competent. So now he comes to Georgia in an event you should, I will concede, no one's going to remember this event in August, September, October, November. Nobody's going to remember it anyway. But what they will remember in the coming weeks is that he flew to Georgia with the vice president for a joint appearance with Georgia's freshman senator to advance voting rights, and they can't. It's dead already. They're not going to get it through. They have poured all of these resources into a fight that was lost before they even flew to Georgia, before they even get on the plane today, it's lost. Before last week, before they were planning this event, it was lost because they can't get rid of the filibuster. How do you spend this much political capital on a fight you can't win because you already lost it? No one does this except this administration. This is political incompetence. This is rank incompetence. Ron Klain should be fired. The chief of staff should not allow this event to happen, and yet he's pushing it. Why do you send your geriatric decrepit, enfeebled boss to a state to pick a fight he can't win because he's already lost? Who does this? This is not smart. This is not wise. This is not me. Keep in mind. this is just the politics. I know the politics of this. I don't care what your partisan affiliation is. I don't. I really don't. This is just dumb politics. You don't start a fight like this. And then to do it and have the darling of the Democratic Party, Stacey Abrams, refuse to change her schedule to show up is a damning indictment on just how incompetent and out-to-lunch this administration is and how unpopular they are that Stacey Abrams refuses to show up on stage with them. Progressive activist groups, voting rights groups, refuse to be there. And Martin Luther King Jr.'s own family says it's a difficult decision whether or not they should even attend. Who puts their principle in politics in a situation like this? Only the White House political shop. They should all be fired for this. This is political malpractice that they're doing this to Biden. And he apparently wants this fight, which tells you just how out to lunch grandpa is. Listener Jim just emailed and said, want to let you know Biden is used to small attendance events. After all, he won a national election from his basement. It doesn't matter if no one attends. His visit's all about making a talking point. I went to Atlanta to push for America's right to vote. I want you to vote to count. Okay. Okay. That's a fair point, except we're in Georgia now. We're past campaign season for the presidential campaign. We're past COVID restrictions. Biden comes to Georgia and progressive black voting rights groups don't want to be in the room with him. That's a bad look. But on top of that, this is the thing you've got to understand. In politics, you got to know when to fight. Again, I feel like I need to I need to open with this caveat here. I, I this this I look, I'm a conservative. I was an elected Republican. I'm not trying to make a partisan point here. I'm trying to make a point about politics in general. Every politician has political capital. Every politician has political capital. Some have more than others. Some squander it, some hoard it, some waste it. This is wasteful. This is wasteful. They can believe that voting rights is their issue. It really is. It's trying to convince people that the Republicans are going to steal the election and they're anti-Democratic uh, against the Republican. All that may be the only car they have to play at this point. Maybe. But you don't go to Georgia, a swing state. You barely won. Many people don't even think you won it legitimately. I'm in the camp that thinks he did, by the way. But nonetheless, remember... 35,000 people didn't even vote for president in Georgia. He won by 11,400. It's not really a compelling place to spend your political capital on an issue you've already lost before you started fighting. You got to learn to pick your fights and pick your battles. This is part of life as well. Whether you're in or out of politics, you got to learn to pick your fights. How do you go pick a fight you can't win? Not because of the Republicans but because of the Democrats. It's one thing to blame the Republicans. But you can't fix this problem because of the Democrats, Joe Manchin and Chris Sinema. And it turns out today, the Politico has a report out today. It's not just them. They're the front people. They're taking the bullets because they don't care. Mark Kelly of Arizona, John Tester of Montana, Maggie Hassan of uh, New Hampshire and others. They don't actually want to scrap the filibuster. Turns out none of them are in agreement on how to even begin to reform the filibuster. It's not just Mansion and Cinema. They're just the fronts to protect others. Mark Kelly and Maggie Hassan are up for re-election. They could get a progressive Uh, person running against them in a primary. If they didn't say they backed it, but behind the scenes, they don't really back gutting the filibuster. They just can't say it publicly. So Manchin and Cinema are taking the hits for other Democrats who don't want to do it themselves. So how on God's good earth does Joe Biden decide to spend political capital on a fight he can't win because of his own political party, not the Republicans? That's stupidity at work. Howdy. It is Eric Erickson here. I am delighted to have you with me. I, I genuinely am. Uh, Mark Reardon is a radio show host in St. Louis. I've known him for some time. Uh, he was on uh, KMOX out there. Now as KFTK. And he put up this tweet. He tagged me in it. Had to call Bank of America this morning about a loan issue. The customer service rep was in Georgia. Thought I sounded like a radio guy from WSB Radio in Atlanta. I told her I did radio in St. Louis. Then she went on a rant about how much she loved Eric Erickson. <laughs> Thank you, whoever you are. I think I might have talked to you before on the uh, on on the phone with Bank of America. <laughs> that made my day. Politics one hundred and one. I'm, I'm I promise I'm going to move on. I, I'm, I'm actually going to transition. I'm an expert here. I can do this. Politics 101. Every politician has a limited amount of political capital. You do not go out on the campaign trail and spend your political capital on any cause you know you cannot win, particularly when you know you cannot win it because of your own side. Joe Biden, is going to Georgia to spend his political capital on a voting rights measure that cannot pass the United States Senate because the Democrats in charge of the Senate do not have the votes to change the filibuster to make it happen. He will blame Republicans and his party controls everything in Washington. That makes no sense. It does no good. And they wanted it to mobilize and excite their progressive base. And instead, it's made them all mad. And they're boycotting the event. It is political malpractice. There is a fight that perhaps the president could engage on and do some good and help his poll numbers. This is from Dominic Pino at National Review. As of Friday, there were 105 ships waiting for berths at Los Angeles and Long Beach. That's the highest number ever. Back in November... The port authorities in Southern California adopted a new queuing system for ships that allows them to wait anywhere in the world without losing their spots in line. They did this because the exhaust from all the ships idling near the ports was harming the air quality. For a few weeks... This change made it appear as though the number of ships waiting had declined because they were no longer clogging up the harbor. But the Marine Exchange of Southern California adjusted its counting method soon after. Only 16 of the 105 ships waiting are within 40 miles of the ports. The other 89 are scattered all over the world, with some congregating off the Baja Peninsula. That would be Mexico for those of you at Emory University. That's bad. But wait... There's more, also a national review from Jim Garrity. Just because the national media stopped paying attention to a problem doesn't mean the problem goes away. Unless you are professionally required to keep track of supply chain issues, you probably haven't heard much about the crisis since people finished their Christmas shopping. And yet, you may have noticed your local store shelves still aren't restocked to their usual levels. Or you may, well, be finding empty shelves. This is from Richmond, Virginia. It could be a dry January for some people, whether they're planning on it or not, as Virginia ABC stores, that's liquor stores in Virginia, around the state are struggling to fill shelves. At the ABC store at Stonebridge Plaza in Chesterfield, customers found row after row of empty shelves in Atlanta. It's a site that greets many going for their weekly grocery shop, empty store shelves. It's just random things, things I just wouldn't even think of. Today, there were no potatoes and not a lot of meats Said a father shopping at a Kroger. CBS 46 reporter Jamie Kennedy checked out Publix, which was nearly depleted of, depleted of toilet paper and salad mixes. At Kroger, certain vegetables and kids' juices were out of stock. In Portland, Oregon, the CBS affiliate there, If you went grocery shopping over the weekend, there's a good chance you noticed store shelves bare. Empty shelves were seen on at least two different Fred Meyer stores in Oregon with signs posted that read severe weather has caused shipping issues. Eggs, yogurt, and milk were in short supply. In Knoxville, Tennessee, the same thing. In uh, Daytona Beach, Florida, sports drink, cereal, and cat food. Well, of course, cat food's out in Florida all the senior citizens, Volusia County. I'm sorry. I got Florida affiliates now. I should be polite. (laughs) Houston, Texas, Dallas, Texas, Honolulu, Cape Cod, Uh, Waterden, Massachusetts, Washington state, the wall street journal covering the Springfield, Missouri, Orange, Massachusetts, Hardin County, Texas, on and on it goes. There are empty store shelves everywhere. Now, this is something the Biden administration could actually work on. They've got a Secretary of Transportation. You might have heard of him. They used to call him Mayor Pete. Pete Edge Edge, they told you to pronounce his name that way. Pete Buttigieg. He is the Secretary of Transportation. He uh, elevated from mayor of South Bend, Indiana, to secretary of transportation uh, out of his depth on an issue uh, that borders him and he can't fix it. In fact, he was gone for a couple of months on paternity leave and no one even noticed that he was gone. But this White House could deal with the supply chain issue, and they haven't. Instead, they're dealing with a voting rights issue they can't win. They can't win it. Why aren't they dealing with this? Now listen, I got two kids. and given the virus, my wife's health and her general dislike of do- dislike of doing it, I go grocery shopping. In fact, one of the worst things that has ever happened in my life is I live across the street from a grocery store. That sounds like a good and convenient thing, except it's so convenient, why have a grocery list when you could just go to the store five times a day? Y'all, I don't know that I don't visit the grocery store on a daily basis. Go all the time. And actually, you know, if I'm honest about it, I really don't mind it that one because I work out of the house. It gets me out of the house. But two, like I'll get in the afternoon, like yesterday, I had friends coming over to watch the football game. and say, you know what? I want to do an experiment. I, I my, my family, I'm a picky eater. My family's pickier than me. And I I had this recipe. I created it in my head, total concoction in my head. And it's like, you know what? I want to try this out on my friend, so I could go to the grocery store, buy all the, the uh, stuff for it. And I made it. by the way, it was very good. I'll have to send this recipe out. Uh, beef enchilada dip. It was perfect. It was spicy. Stayed warm in the crock pot all night while we watched the football game. It was perfect. But I go to the grocery store. And there have not been sports drinks and I don't know when. Since actually, you know what, I can tell you, I, I can tell you the last time I saw Gatorade in the grocery store was the week before Christmas. I got that stomach bug. So the Monday before Christmas, I wasn't feeling, no, 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 no. That would have been the Wednesday before Christmas. My wife had to go to the grocery store and, and uh, she was able to get me Gatorade. And that's it. There hasn't been Gatorade that we found since. Uh, the other day there was no chicken. There were no toilet paper. There was no, there were no paper towels. There were no nap paper napkins. Those are back now. I, I, again, I go every day yesterday. They were there. The the paper products had come back. You know, what wasn't there? Beef products. There's no beef. Ground chuck. I got the last pack of ground chuck to make the, the beef enchilada dip last night. Uh, there was only one pack of ground chuck. I grabbed it before somebody else could. What else was there not? There was no bread last night. There was no bread at all. There was not the Sara Lee bread. There was not the nature's own bread. There, nothing. There was no bread. There were no flour tortillas. There were corn tortillas. There were no flour tortillas. There was no cream cheese. No cream cheese anywhere in the store. I wanted to make a cheesecake, and there was no cream cheese. So I couldn't make the cheesecake. Sorry, Philip. What else? There was no uh, There was no spring water. There was no generic house brand, uh, just standard purified water. All that was gone. Now, all of these things, and this is the key here. Some of you are listening to this. And those aren't things that depend on an international chain. Philadelphia cream cheese, I don't know that it's made in Philly, but I'm sure, pretty sure it's not made in Shanghai. And yet, there was a there was no cream cheese in the grocery store at all. I'm pretty sure we do not get the chicken in the grocery store from Beijing. But there was no chicken the other day. Now, part of what's happening here is that a lot of local businesses, and whether it's the the poultry plants or, or the manufacturers of the cream cheese, Omicron variant is sweeping through everybody's eating and sick, and they're having to shut down, and that's causing problems. And there was a report out late yesterday that we may be headed back into problems with paper products. I know... Uh, every month I get a shipment from Amazon. I, I don't buy toilet paper at the grocery store. It's so bulky. I got so much other stuff to buy. So I, every month I have a subscription, the subscribe and save with Amazon. And we just get a lot of toilet paper and paper towels every month. that come to the house. And I've been getting notices from them that they're a shortage. In fact, we had a shortage of a uh, Tide laundry detergent. And we wound up getting two boxes on one day because they'd been backed up for over a month. I'd already had to go buy some at the grocery store and they only had one variety. Y'all remember Bernie Sanders uh, on the campaign trail, he lamented the numbers of deodorant and shampoo in America, that no one needed that variety of deodorant and shampoo in America. That was what Bernie Sanders, get off my lawn, old man Bernie Sanders, complained about the number of deodorants available in America. The deodorants in America is actually a sign of market success, that we can have that variety that many and you get to pick the one you like best i i like the the standard deodorant i don't like the antiperspirant one either uh i I just i prefer deodorant not the antiperspirant one because uh it tends to to not go well with i have sensitive skin y'all i'm sure you wanted to know nonetheless we got all this except now we don't we don't have the variety we once had because of the supply chain issues. And Joe Biden and his administration, I haven't lost the plot point here. I'm getting back to it right now. Joe Biden and his administration, they could fix the problem. They could tackle the supply chain issues, but they're not. Instead, instead, they are fighting on an issue they cannot win because of their own Democratic Party reluctance. To change the filibuster rules and they're going to blame the Republicans for it and it's not their fault they can't blame the Republicans for the supply chain problem that's the bottom line here they can't blame Republicans for the supply chain so they're choosing not to fight the supply chain the Biden administration is choosing not to fix a problem they could fix because there is no bad guy for them to blame and right now in a campaign season they need a bad guy They need a villain, and the villain are the Republican Party and Donald Trump. So you won't get resolution on the supply chain because they need to pick a fight that galvanizes their base. There's a problem with that, though. It's no longer galvanizing their base. The base isn't on the joke. The base isn't on the joke. The base knows that the Democrats are the problem. The base knows the Democrats are the ones blocking voting rights reform. The base knows this. The Biden administration does not know that the base knows this, which is why they're doing this. It is the dumbest thing I've ever, y'all, I've been around a long time in politics. Not that old, but I've been engaged in politics since my, my high school years. And I cannot recall a time that a political party was as bad at politics as this one is. The only thing that comes close is the Libertarian Party of America that always seems to 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 nominate like prostitutes and and shaman and and drug runners to to their leadership positions. No offense to you libertarians out there, but the Libertarian Party is insane. And the Democratic Party is is almost like it these days. I've never seen something as insane as what is going on right now with the Democratic Party. You have a ready Available issue that you could solve if you put your mind to it, you could figure out the problem, you could resolve this issue, but because there's not a bad guy, you're choosing not to. And Pete Buttigieg, he wants to be the Democratic nominee for president. If he fails to solve the problem, he fails to become president. So better to let the problem fester and not fix it than try to fix it and fail and then ruin your political career. This is all such a damning indictment on the state of politics in America, and in particular, the Democratic Party right now. But this is where we are with empty store shelves and the president campaigning on issues he's already lost. Now, I don't want to lose the plot point with you guys when it comes to taking care of yourself since the government's not going to take care of you. You know, one of the things you can take care of is the stinky odors in your house. You can take care of it with the Pure Thunderstorm, and right now you can get three of them and save $200. You get them for less than $200, and you get free shipping, and they really work. They're portable. Handheld. You can hold this thing in your hand. You can put it in your kitchen. You can put one upstairs. You can put one in the basement. You can put one in your car, your RV, wherever you need one. They clean the air. They get rid of the bacteria, the mildew, the mold, and they eliminate odors. They don't mask them. They eliminate them. What you do is you go to EdenPureDeals.com and you click on my name, Eric Erickson, and you will see the Eden Pure Thunderstorm three-pack. You put it in your cart and click the orange checkout button at checkout. You will see a discount code box. In that discount code box, you put. ERIC 3, the magic word, E-R-I-C-K and the number three. Don't write it out, T-H-R-E. Put in the number three. makes it very easy for you. ERIC 3. Click the apply button and poof, you'll take $200 off the total price. You'll get all three of them for less than $200 and you'll get free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. The discount code is ERIC 3. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. Uh, What is this? The Honest Elections Project. A 501C4 organization has a billboard stationed around Atlanta University Center Consortium at Clark Atlanta University uh, going after Joe Biden on voting rights. That's pretty funny. Uh, One of the billboards says four Pinocchios for Biden's election integrity lies and sources the Washington Post. Another one says President Biden, Georgia has twice as many early voting days as Delaware. Good for them. Uh, Going to be surrounding the area where Joe Biden is in Georgia. Oh, I, I just put this on Facebook. Under Brian Kemp's leadership, the state of Georgia for the first time concurrently possesses the trophies for the Major League Baseball World Series and the College Football Championship. Why in the world would anyone want to throw this man out of office? I think he's got his campaign right there. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Oh, uh, oh, 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 oh. I know. Hang on. Uh, I got to get into Twitter here because this is what I wanted to talk about. I got some audio for you guys, so you know, Doctor Oz, the 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 crazy guy with the TV show that Oprah Winfrey uh, subjected us all to, and, and then he got his own fame. Well, he's running for office now. Doctor Oz is. Oh boy! Well, I got it. He put up a video. Um, where? Hang on. I believe it or not, I retweeted this, and I'm just I'm I'm kind of gobsmacked by Doctor Oz doing this. Um. So Dr. Oz is running for the Senate in Pennsylvania as a Republican. And listen to what Dr. Oz said in this video. I, I saw, saw him put up. I decided I'd listen to it. He was standing in front of a pile of potatoes at a quarter zip. I'm at the Pennsylvania Farm Show. So many things to do here. The food court, of course, was unbelievable. Uh, and tasty, delectable items, uh, livestock all over the place, getting all these arts and crafts, lots of agricultural lessons. And what I've also learned, is are very patriotic. What? You're... (laughs) I, what I, I'm i running for Senate in Pennsylvania. And what I have learned today, January 11th, 2022, is that Pennsylvanians are patriotic. No, no, no. It's not me. He just said this. I'm at the Pennsylvania Farm Show. So many things to do here. The food court, of course, with unbelievable uh, and tasty, collectible items. Uh, livestock's all over the place. Get all these arts and crafts, lots of agricultural lessons. And what I've also learned... Pennsylvanians are very patriotic. They're very up in the country. They don't care what they read in the media. They know that there's lots that they can do to control their destiny. They don't want to be victims. They want to control all the things that they know matter to them, including the well-being of their family. That you look okay. God bless you. But you're running for senate in Pennsylvania, and you just learned that your future would be constituents or patriotic i cannot believe someone let him get away with it. this is the problem with giving candidates their phones and letting them live stream unaided what a uh, what, what what a screw up to do that and of course i pointed it out and now it's all over the internet and i mean he said it And you thought these last two years were crazy. Welcome to 2022. It's coming up and nothing makes sense still, especially in business. If you're a small business owner, good luck getting financing from a big bank right now. I can offer you a fantastic solution. If you're looking for $750,000 or more in financing for your business,